0: You wanna be hardcore, you wanna be extreme. Well, if you're like the same man, then you're listening to the podcast drunk wrestling history, dudes, and please be drunk when you hear it. It's a drunk
1: podcast.
0: Can rim like a motherfucker.
2: You already saw my Sullivan in San Diego. He got a golden shower. Bundy just fucking cream pied Albano. I've been drunk. I've never become drunk.
1: Woo! What's up, drunk marks, drunk marquettes? Welcome to 205 Jive. I'm Adam, your designated host, and you've got mail, drunk wrestling historians. <laughs> this is eddie um
0: what? shit i forgot my catch. you made me forget my catchphrase <laughs> um let us
2: drink till thine asses are drunk and this is scott when if you can lose if you must but always drink
1: thank you all very much for joining us on this uh, 205 drive episode we're gonna shoot to keep it as a 205 drive episode and uh it's looking like that will be the case uh, so let's just jump into it because they got drinks and I got drinks and uh, we got uh, stuff to t- talk about in our, what, whatever this is, this is uh, before episode 100, we are finally doing our first
0: TNA dedicated episode. Sad. Yeah, it took us, right, that's I was yeah, thinking sad. about that earlier this week. We've been doing this, I think this is going to be episode 94. Four, If I'm counting right, I think this is episode 94, 93 or 94. And it took us this long to get to TNA
1: yeah. and sprinklings here and there, but
0: finally a dedicated one. Right. And in a perfect way of honoring TNA, we're half-assing an episode.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and actually that being mentioned, I don't even know if we can call this 205 Jive anymore. 205 Live is no longer a thing. Oh yeah. Now it's like NXT. What the fuck's it called? Level up. Level up,
0: so we'll have to come up with a drink up. Drink, (laughs) there you go. Drunk wrestling history. Drink up. Boom. We'll we'll drink and we'll think about it. (laughs) We'll drink and know things.
1: (laughs) 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 This week's episode covers the the consistent disaster of TNA emails. yeah <laughs> As so to why this became a consistent thing that's on them
0: yeah so i i'm gonna name this i always put a name for each episode and usually it's WrestleMania four or whatever this one is going to be called tna versus email i think <laughs> unless we come up with a better name during the episode but that's what i have at the top of my notes i name this note file tna versus email <laughs> well Do the wh-
1: consistent uh, uh caption i kept seeing on some youtube videos were the dixie leaks
0: Dixie Leaks, exactly. Yeah, someone named it Dixie Leaks. And I was thinking of naming it that, um, just stealing the name, but giving credit to whoever came up with it. But it's not just Dixie. It's it's several people. Um, TNA, for whatever reason, has a long history of being really bad at sending emails and them getting out into the public and embarrassing them. So that's what we're talking about today.
2: Old people versus technology.
0: But that's the thing. So I looked up, okay, so Dixie Carter is like 57, yep. right? She's not that old. Chris's dad's in his 70s, and he's like all over email on every fucking app and everything. You know what I mean? Like, Which would mean that at the height, she she's 47. Well, okay, so Adam, you would have been like kind of early internet age, right? Like you would have been a kid when the internet became a thing. Scott and yeah. I were, Scott was early 20s. I was late teenager. Dixie would have been like late 20s. Right? Or, or early 30s. Like, not old. Not so old that you can't figure out technology, but for whatever the fuck reason, these people over at TNA just couldn't do it. <coughs> so that's what we're going to get into. We have a few examples that are great about that. So I'll just jump right into the first one, because like you said, we're trying to keep this episode to a 205 jive. Um, so just to go very briefly for anyone who hasn't watched TNA back then if you're younger, which none of our demographic is younger but just in case, if you don't know, TNA started in mid-2002 Jeff Jarrett basically had to start a new company because he'd been blackballed from WWE Yep. and that was the only game in town he had done the whole thing, which we'll get into at some point, where he held Vince up for a bunch of fucking money, went to WCW, Vince bought WCW and fired him on the air on the night, on the night they took over Nitro so he and his dad start TNA. They had a big uh, medical company invest in them, which was weird. They pulled their money. Jarrett talks to Dixie Carter, whose dad is rich because he owns an energy company in Texas, gets them to buy the majority of the company, make her president. Completely, no reason she should be the president of a wrestling company with the, with any kind of... I mean, she should be running shit like in the middle of the street, like hood slam. She's just the,
1: just the investor, but don't get involved.
0: Yeah. She's Jim Hurd with tits. <laughs> <laughs> she's Jim Hurd, but stupid. <laughs> also <not. laughs> Yeah. That's not saying
1: much after the Jim Hurd episode. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so of all of her shortcomings, her use of email might be the greatest one, it, but it's definitely the funniest one. Um, so the most recent email issue that came up, and this is the least funny one, so I'm starting with that. So I'm not going necessarily in chronological order. Um, an impact referee, whose name I forgot to write down, got into some kind of sexual harassment lawsuit with the company. Did you re- you read this one, Scott? Right? Yes, I saw
1: okay. that this was the case.
0: So he did an interview. He did a sit down interview with an uh, quote unquote independent investigator over this. And so the outside so the supposedly TNA brought in an outside person, an HR expert named Michelle Hall, um, she was the one who's going to do the investigation, and um, Nick Hausman of Wrestling Incorporated was trying to get a statement from Anthem, who at this point, because this is only uh, two years ago, 2020, Nick Hausman was trying to get a statement from Impact at this point they're called Impact about it <laughs> Somehow he got, on, he got added onto to an, email, an internal impact email that had um, Michelle Hall's email address in it. And it was an um, Anthem email address, which proved right there that she actually worked for Anthem. She was not an outside expert that they brought in. Correct. So that came out in the whole lawsuit process that the investigator, they like, totally blew their own cover. The person who was investigating it, supposedly from the outside, did work for the company. anyone have anything to add oh
2: i I was just like i was along for story time here (laughs) i'm also wondering why they just didn't use aol instant messenger for all of their correspondence instead of fucking email
0: yeah right or just text right exactly yeah well instant messenger had been shut down by this point like 12 years previous
2: oh i see okay i figured old people like that were still using aol yeah right yeah i mean to to say say that texting
0: wasn't available it was there yeah, right. They could have done anything. She could have used any a burner account, anything, but it was just one of those things like someone didn't know how to use email so they sent a fucking email to um Nick Hausman. Um or I don't think they sent it to him, but he ended up getting it somehow. And then she was using an account. She supposedly doesn't work for the company, but there it is right there. And then it was like she was you could look her up. You could go on Google and find her and see <laughs> that she had worked for the president of Anthem previously,
2: independent. And,
0: and since then, now they're like, fuck it. If you go to the executive's page uh, to, on the Anthem website, she's right there. It's like an HR executive. <laughs> so that's the most recent one. It's probably the least funny one. Um, no, it's
2: still pretty funny.
0: It's hilarious, right? It's just stupid. It's just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um So then, one of the better ones was Russo. Now Russo has a couple, but this particular Russo one was um, so he'd been an on-screen character early on when TNA started, and then they made him a writer. I think around um, 2006, if I remember right.
2: Is this when they requested him to not be part of Impact or TNA?
0: Well, okay, so yeah, it's getting into into that. So he was he was like he became one of the writers around 2006. Around 2008, late ratings started taking a shit. The show just got stupid. That's around the time I stopped watching. Like, suddenly I'm turning on TNA, like, because I was a big, big TNA fan. Then it got bad. Like, suddenly I turn around and I'm seeing Sarah fucking Palin on TV. Oh, right. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, someone is pretending to be Sarah Palin on TV and is not Lisa Ann? Count me the fuck out.
2: Yeah. If this ain't Nayland Palin, I'm out.
0: Right. Exactly. I don't want anything to do with this. By the way, that character, R.I.P. Daphne. yeah right oh you're right dude yes yeah um so it was just russo was just doing a shit job over there just like he did a shit job and i I don't know you told me a long time ago don't do a russo episode because we're gonna get fucking heat for it but i think we've said enough shit on this show that no one's gonna stop listening to us at this point (laughs) pretty much yeah yeah um But there was, during an electrified cage match, people were chanting fire Russo. So he was gone by 2012. They had to get rid of his ass. Ratings were taking a shit. Um, He was a disaster. 2013, Dixie brings him back as a secret consultant. Like, that's how fucking terrible Russo was, that she had to pretend he wasn't working for the company. (laughs) (laughs) The network didn't want to have anything to do with him. The fans didn't want him there. Nobody wanted Russo there. And whatever the fuck it was with Russo, he somehow, he's been doing this for 25 years. He convinces people that he's the one who can turn things around, right? Yep. I don't know why. I mean, he just, he fucking, I don't know. He must cut the best promo in history backstage or on, or on email. He's like Brittany Murphy's husband
2: or widower.
0: Who? Who's Did you that? Not
2: watch this documentary?
0: Which documentary? About Britney Murphy? Yeah.
2: Yeah. The dude that married no. her and like apparently killed her.
0: That's no. Vince Russo.
2: He's got like the gift of gab, dude. He could work his way into any situation.
0: Okay, now I need to watch this. I watched the um, Tinder Swindler, but I don't know anything about Britney Murphy.
2: Oh, yeah, I think it's on HBO Max.
0: All right, well, then that's what I'm going to watch uh, Saturday when I'm hungover. It's worth a watch. So, anyway, PW, uh, so he came back in 2013. In April of that year, PW Insider reported that he was working as a secret consultant, but they all denied it. July 15th, Russo sends an email to Mike Tanay and Taz, and it was like tips on commentary, like the way he wanted them to put something over in a match. Like a dumbass who doesn't know how to use email, he accidentally carbon copied it to Mike Johnson from, P- from PW Insider.
2: How do you accidentally do that?
0: I think he typed in Mike, and Mike Johnson came up, and he wasn't looking, and he just clicked fucking Mike.
2: Oh my gosh!
0: Because he was sending it to Mike Tanay and Taz, so I think he accidentally sent it to Mike Johnson instead of Mike Tenay. He just saw Mike. I mean, it's got to be that, right? Like you can't just accidentally yeah. type in Johnson instead. Yeah, it it has to be the logical
1: yes. one. The only other one is like make sure like it's someone in your contacts. Is it the right Mike that you're sending? It yeah, to? yeah. The I'm right. guilty of that, that myself. That you're directly at work.
0: affiliated with yeah. Right. It was like one of those things where you don't double check it. You know how you like text someone talking shit about someone else and you double and triple check that you're not accidentally sending it to that person. Yes. That's that what Russo didn't do.
2: Yeah. So he actually sent it.
0: Yeah. Right. So then right away, the first thing I thought when I heard of this and I never, no one really mentioned this is he had Mike Johnson's email saved, which means he's a fucking rat. He's a guy who leaks shit to PW Insider.
2: Yep. Good point.
0: Um, but so Mike Johnson goes public with it, and he says, hey, I just got confirmation because e- Russo fucked up an email and copied it to me that he is secretly working for TNA. So Russo, a couple hours later, goes on <laughs> goes on Twitter and says something like, I can still work the marks because I did that to fool him and to see if he would report <laughs> on it.
2: <laughs> so, of course, Mike Johnson.
0: whole Yeah, right. He tries to, like, you know, make it out like he didn't do anything stupid, even though he totally did something stupid – and Mike Johnson responds and says, dude, uh, if you don't retract that, I'm just going to publish the fucking email because I have it. So a little while later, um, Russo's like, okay, I fucked up. I didn't mean to send it to him. And yes, I am working for TNA secretly. Oh, my God. And Right? And then I think he actually even said what he was getting paid. He was getting paid like 3000 a month. So he was living off 36 Gs a year. I don't know how the fuck he was living off that because I think he lives in – maybe he doesn't live in New York City. Maybe I'm wrong, but – um he must have had some kind of side hustle or that was a side hustle i don't know damn that was all um yeah um and then as a result of this a couple days later spike tv canceled impact wrestling
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man's gotta eat so he got the show he was a secret guy there and he got the goddamn show canceled because it was stupid not knowing how to use email oh. yeah And then that brings us to the next one which back to dixie so yeah i was about to say it it couldn't have been solely that but yeah dixie Mm -hmm. so getting back to her not what so after they left spike they ended up on destination america which was a new channel it was like one of those was like channel 900 like nobody has it on the discuss, like uh the the discovery the network plane, right? as
1: discovery network discovery yeah. network
0: right it's a discovery channel that's discovery yeah right discovery branded channel yes so <laughs> destination america puts out a press release like touting the fucking great impact ratings like they were proud to have that it was actually probably their highest rated show because it's such a deep cable channel it was one of it was and it was a new channel so they actually brought in a show with a built-in audience which is great so destination america is thrilled with the ratings to the point that they put out a press release Dixie Carter gets mad because they did not include in this email the live plus three rating, which is the rating of people who watch it on DVR within the within the next three days. Have you ever heard of this rating, Scott?
2: Uh, just in reading about this email thread.
0: Okay. First time I heard it was... She might have been on Stone Cold's podcast. She was on some, or Jericho's maybe? Years ago, she was on someone's podcast and she was making a big fucking deal out of this live plus three. I'd never heard of it. And she's like, well, our ratings are good, but if you look at our live plus three ratings, they're really good. And everybody wants to ignore that. Nobody wants to pay attention to those ratings. You're just trying to pad up a,
1: yeah, you're just trying to pad numbers that are unnecessary. Nielsen is always live.
0: And, right, exactly. Yeah. The reason, And the reason nobody talks about them is because they're DVR numbers. Nobody's watching fucking commercials, so they're irrelevant to advertisers. I know. So, so even before, she was, like, obsessed with this Live Plus 3 because it made her look better regardless of whether it meant anything. She gets butthurt about this fucking press release they put out. She sends an internal email. It's unclear who she sent it to, but people within the company... And she was like, this fucking company, they're a bunch of fucking dummies. She specifically called them dummies. They didn't mention the live plus three. They don't know what they're doing. Like an idiot, she caught, She somehow CC'd that to a bunch of executives at the network. <laughs> how in the fuck you do that, I have no idea.
2: Dude. Right, like how would you do that? How would that even happen? Dude, that is some old people not knowing email shit. Right? Fucking moron, dude. <laughs>
0: but I mean, like, that just seems like a... Such a specific thing to accidentally do. Like she accidentally copied it.
2: It's like when you trying to, pe- to sabotage it. That is so fucking dumb. That
0: yeah. takes fucking effort to do something that specific. Yeah. So yeah. I have a theory about this. I think she got fucking shitfaced. Oh. And sent that to them on purpose. She should have started guess. a
2: podcast instead. She could have been ahead of us. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, she could have the original drunk podcast. Exactly. I just feel like that's such a drunk <laughs> wrestling operation.
0: That would be such a difficult thing to accidentally do, you know. So I think she like went home pissed, off or was she probably was at the fucking hotel lounge with Nash um, before they went back to the room, got shit faced, got her iPhone out, and sent a fucking angry email to all these executives. Is what I'm thinking happened.
2: Unbelievable.
0: Yeah, so the, um, I think it was the president of the network actually responded and said, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Um, and Discovery canceled them a week later.
2: Yep, way to go. So
0: that's, that's two TV deals in a year that they blew because of not knowing how to use email.
2: I actually oh. maybe insulted Jim Hurt earlier. He wasn't even that bad.
0: Well, there was no email back then.
2: Thank goodness. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh,
0: boy. <laughs> yeah. If only. Yeah, he'd be, yeah. Who knows? Who knows what kind of stupid shit he sent through the mail room? <laughs> okay. Wow. um I bet that's how he shipped. Somehow
1: he shipped the Arachno Man costume to somebody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, so we're getting. Ah, yeah, we got time, but we're not. We're not too far into this. But a um, couple quick ones. Um, just another one that wasn't a big deal, but it was just silly when Conan was suing the company um, for discrimination, a bunch of emails came out in the discovery process one of them, or there was like a bunch of documents of emails from Dixie one of them was an email she had sent to Terry Taylor and his email address, and it said Terry Taylor you know how your name displays which um, like my email address my email address displays is drunk wrestling history, if someone gets an email from me, it says drunk wrestling history, it doesn't say my actual address so this was Terry Taylor, but then it had the address. It was T Taylor at TNA.com. Which okay, T Taylor at TNA.com. That's Terry Taylor, right? No, that's not Terry Taylor. TNA never owned the TNA the TNA.com domain name. That email address didn't exist. Oh, so wow. she's and Terry Taylor had been there for years at this point. So it's like, how many emails did she fucking send to Terry Taylor that at an address that didn't nowhere. exist? didn't get yeah. didn't get a response and the whole time is wondering who the fuck mailer demon is
2: oh my gosh dude (laughs) Dude.
0: yeah it's just fucking ridiculous so like she clearly didn't know how to use email at all you know drunk people
2: get their licenses taken away right dixie carter should never be allowed in front of a computer
0: right right i i agree she's doing
2: damage she's putting companies under
0: Yeah, well, not anymore, she's not.
2: Well, yeah, not now, thank goodness.
0: Um, Okay, so two more quick ones. Um, One was when she was, she let, um, she borrowed a bunch of money from Billy Corgan. I think he lent them money three separate times to bail them out. They were out of money to do TV tapings, which would put them in breach of contract, which at that point, you're basically shutting, you're out of business, right? You're done. You can't even, how are you going to get a new TV deal when you lost your TV deal for not providing a TV show? Right. So he let him borrow a bunch of money. The third time around, he hadn't been paid back yet, and his deal was, okay, fine. You make me president if I let you borrow this money. He let her borrow the money. She made him president. Then he ends up suing her because she didn't pay him back because he still had to, she still had to pay him back. Same thing, lawsuits, blah, blah, blah. Emails come out and there's a fucking bunch of emails there where she's saying to other people, well, he's only the president in name. I just did that because he wanted it, but he's not really the president. He's not running the company. Oh my gosh. And also this whole time he'd been telling her or he'd been asking her if she's trying to sell the company to WWE and she's like, no, 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 no. Don't worry about that. We're not trying to sell. And there were emails between her and WWE working on, on selling the company to them.
2: Dude. Okay, <laughs> this has been a whole episode about Dixie's fuck-ups on email. At what Everybody point says. do you realize that you're bad at email and stop I using d- that fucking platform?
0: Right, you start googling Pony Express to see if that's still a thing.
2: Exactly, exactly. You Use you fucking, fucking snail old mail. School,
0: buy a stamp. Right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. That, <laughs> so that was just one that was like embarrassing to her, and it, it didn't help her her court case, but. That whole thing sorted it out. That's why Anthem ended up buying them out anyway, because she was just like, fuck this. I've been doing this 15 years, never made a fucking penny. Yeah. And my, my dad cut me off. And and uh, I fucking bled Billy Corgan dry. <laughs> fuck. Okay, so the last one, and we're going to go home. With this is um, <laughs> there was one that Russo sent to Dixie. This was in uh, October 2006, I believe. I'm trying to see the date. It's hard to see on the email, but I think it's October 2006. And it's basically Russo. So this is, like I said, I think at this point he's still just an on-air talent. Or maybe he's at the very beginning of his, his uh, tenure as a writer. And Cornette's on the show. Russo sends an email to her. Bearing cornet and saying all the things that they need to do to fix the company. So I'm going to read the email. It's short email, but I'm going to read it. it would, it's great. Dixie, there are two things I want to pass along to you regarding a conversation I had this morning. A good friend of mine that I worked at the WWF with for years called me today. His name is Matt Miller, and he now runs the Gund Arena in Cleveland. Matt told me that a couple weeks ago he caught part of our show after watching UFC. He said that he felt we were sending out mixed messages and the pieces don't seem to fit. He said on one hand, he saw Conan's group, LAX, that came across as cool, hip, and cutting edge. And moments later, he saw Jim Cornette (laughs) on the same show that came across as a southern 1980s wrestling cartoon. Dixie, dash, dash, dash. I don't know why he's using dashes. These were his exact words. I wholeheartedly with this. I agree wholeheartedly with this, and I tried to tiptoe around it with Jeff, and he got defensive and mad at me. Right now in Samoa Joe and Kurt, we have two wrestlers about as real as can be, the closest to UFC that you can go- you're going to get. Then on the other hand, we have your Cornettes and your Jeffs to some extent that are about as old school wrestling as you get. It seems that in 42 minutes, we have two different brands, two different types of entertainment. Oh my God. My thi- my th- right? <laughs> my thing with Cornette isn't personal. I swear all caps mm, to you. Mm-hmm, bro. <laughs> yeah. I swear, to- I swear to you, bro. But I should have done this in Russo's fucking accent. that would be great. But I'm just having a huge problem with him representing TNA management, wearing a canary yellow sports jacket when we go to primetime. I guess at this point they weren't on primetime yet, or maybe they had just gotten to primetime. Again, Dixie, dash, dash, being all uh, all caps, HIP is the key. Joe is cool. Angle is cool. LAX, you have guys like Truth and Hoyt, dash, dash. Then we shot ourselves in the foot when we go back 20 years. Again, I just wanted to make note of this. To be honest, if I was writing TV, uh, all caps, character, like Jim Cornette, would not be representing TNA management. I would rather go with an attractive, sexy, female executive, like a Tina Fey, hmm. that would add a whole new dimension to the product. Just my two cents. Oh, hold on. I accidentally fucking clicked something. Uh, God damn it. I fucked it up. God damn it. You I know. You don't right? know how to use emails? <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to use my phone. <laughs> Uh, Just My Two Cents. Business. I fucked it up. I can't read it anymore. Oh, whatever. You get the... Oh, here we go. Oh. Fuck. I don't know. My phone's wigging out. But um, then he went on to say that WWE rejected a deal with Fat Heads and that he thinks they should pick up WWE's not even sloppy seconds. They're just rejects, I guess. Right. So that email came out and it's just like... (laughs) I don't know. The first thing I take away from that, he's trying to fuck Dixie, right? Cause he's pretty much. He's basically like a sexy Tina Fey type character. Like I think he's describing Dixie.
2: Yep. He's like, Hey, you should put on glasses and we'll put you on TV.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Right. We'll nail Palin. Right. Yeah. And it was just, I mean, nothing came of it other than now Cornette wants him dead. And then he sent another email, which I'm not going to get into cause it doesn't, he didn't work for the company at that point. So fuck it. Um, but uh i mean that was a big part of their feud that's gone on for the last 15 fucking years
2: yeah i have nothing against Cornette, but i'm gonna trash him in this entire email and blame him for your woes it's nothing personal bro right
0: <laughs> yeah exactly the whole reason nobody likes this fucking show isn't because of fucking sarah palin well she wasn't there then but yeah right it's corn it's all cornet's fault in his canary yellow suit
2: I mean, who was right at the end of the day when a network requested that you not be a part of the organization and they had to hire you on the (laughs) hush-hush? I mean, come on, man. Yeah, right. You know, Russo was at his best when he had somebody putting him in check, Mm -hmm, and that mm -hmm. was Vince. Right. And when you gave the guy carte blanche, I really think he showed what he could do. He fucked everything up. Well, there you go, right? Including emails. And brawl for all. I want to say that this
1: is one of those situations where even though Dixie got the company, she, I mean, obviously not knowing how to manage, but in wanting to maybe get the resources so that TNA could be successful, she she wanted to hire the best of everything, the best, the best, the best, instead of hiring the right ensemble. So instead of mm-hmm. being like the female president, let's uh, let's go over there because maybe she has something special. TNA Knockouts division was that sexy, edgy stuff that uh, wrestling was getting while WWE was transitioning to PG era. So that if there was value in that, but being surrounded by all of these best people, she I bet she got like Vince Russo treatment or like his behaviors rubbed off on her, and that's how she got batshit crazy. And got butthurt over this plus three rating, which isn't a thing. Now you're just talking about ESPN2 extra statistics. Dude, I've literally I, never
0: heard of that besides her, from her.
1: I Like, even if you have a commercial saying, now, uh, we got the best rated show. Like, you don't hear, we got the best rated show plus three days. Right, yeah. What the yeah. fuck is that? Not everybody has... A,
0: has DVR. Every fucking minute on Twitter, someone someone every day is talking about the ratings of AEW versus the ratings of Raw. No one ever talks about the Live Plus 3. It's barely a thing, but for whatever reason, like I said, I heard her in an interview fucking harping on it. For whatever reason, she's been obsessed with it. She got stuck on it. I guess because it gave her a few more thousand views, you know? Yep. I
1: I think I was listening to, uh, there was some interview with Angelina Love. She wholeheartedly – or, yeah, she distinctly saw this transition where she became so personal uh, and uh, caring for for the wrestlers. And then suddenly, like that, you have to act this way. I know this because I have the best team. You have to act this way. Right. You just – you just bought positive support and it's not looking good on you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right, right. She had a bunch of people convincing her that they're the best and yeah. she fucking bought it because she didn't know any fucking better. And, and then you end up, and then the result of that is you have her and Russo working in the same fucking company. It's yep. just like, I imagine them both with an I'm with stupid shirt. You know what I mean? <laughs> and,
2: <laughs> and it's pointing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, it so, didn't yeah, help because really she up. was constantly chasing WWF leftovers too, right? I mean, from Booker T to Christian, Kurt Angle. Like, Tyson Tomko. Jesus. Mm -hmm. I mean, constantly going after their leftovers. And it's like, man, that's not going to make you win. You even got Hogan, and he couldn't Mm -hmm. help you win. Yeah,
0: right. They just turned into, like... The WWE Reject Show, which was too bad because early on they were really—I loved TNA, dude. Like there was, it was kind of like AEW. Like right now, AEW is my favorite show. There were a couple years where I thought TNA was better than WWE, and then they just kind of fucking they were fucking
2: amazing. When who WWE did you love? W- you loved Kerm- abs- you loved Samoa Joe. You loved AJ right. Styles. I loved
0: AJ Styles. I loved Abyss. Um, Chris Sabin and
2: Alex Shelley.
0: All those guys. Shark yeah. Boy. Yeah. Curry Man. No, I, I always hate a Shark AJ, Boy. And <laughs> I fucking love Kurt, man. I don't care what it is. What happened was they became obsessed with beating WWE in the ratings and just started throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks and nothing fucking stuck. Nothing did. And they never should have fucking done that in the first place. They should have just been like, we're doing our own thing. And I think that's one thing where maybe Tony Khan learned something from them is like, he doesn't seem to be necessarily trying. I mean, he's getting stars because why wouldn't you get Punk if you can? Or why
2: wouldn't you get Brian? Sure. But... He's and he's taken a lot of people from WWE. Well, he has, um, but he's not going after everyone. So I and he's think not, TNA is more of a cautionary tale for him.
1: Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I and think they're so. not necessarily doing shoots to to put WWE out of business. They just they just become meme worthy with MJF uh, remarks here and there. But <laughs> right. But they're not trying to go after each other. I think one of you two said it in uh, one of the previous episodes. If one of them beats the other all wrestling fans lose exactly yeah. exactly
0: yeah
1: and just some general uh
2: like the behaviors of not knowing how to send an email was another thing that rubbed off and you know we exactly. can joke about russo and everything but at the end of the day this squarely falls on dixie a hundred percent falls on dixie
0: right the fish rots from the fucking head exactly
2: exactly
0: yeah all right um well we um managed to do our 20 minute episode in 30 minutes i think that's actually almost that's nearly a record that's for a us. win i think the only episode that went shorter than this was the xpw watch along and emelina so i've ca- i'm calling this a win and i think it's time to take this home and it's barely seven o'clock i think we're doing one more episode tonight not
2: bad for our first episode of dwh drink up
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly I need to make a new graphic, although I I never even used the 205 graphic. I forgot about it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's such a drunk thing to do.
0: I know. I know.
1: We hope you all enjoyed this episode. Uh, Please let us know what you think of it and what you think of the whole situation about sending emails. Also, if you have any funny uh, email stories of your own, please share it with us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, wrestling underscore drunk. Uh, and make sure, do the millennial thing. Smash that subscribe button, like, share, and uh, uh, tell everybody about it. On behalf of Eddie and Scott, I'm Adam reminding all of you to please enjoy Buzz, watch Wrestling Responsibly, drink like nobody's watching, and we will see you all next time for another great episode. And take care. One, two, three, send. Oh, shit.
2: You got mail. <laughs>
0: I go to the library looking for a lie. I have become someone else. I'll yes.